0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 236th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Cam?
1: Doing great, Cameron. As always, how are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Um, I've been a little bit busy the last couple days, so I haven't been able to relish in the brackets yet. What have you been up to? Just work. It's uh, work, work, dad. and yeah, one year old. Keep you busy. Um, so, really, I have I still have to look f- look forward to filling out fifty plus brackets on every website that'll <laughs> allow it. Yeah, I've
1: been uh, I've kind of started the process. I've I'm, I, I won't even lie, I'm knee deep in them. I probably filled out like I probably filled out like fifteen of them at this point. So. It's, it's like this four day glorious period, you know, where it's like, I just, I got to just fill them all out. You know, I'm kind of, I'm a, I apologize to anybody that's like, you know, does that one bracket and they just watch it religiously the whole tournament or whatever. I'm, I'm a portfolio guy, you know, where
0: diversify and I'm
1: not trying to like win any contests necessarily or anything like, you know, I'm not like, I don't feel like 20 brackets and I'm like, I had one bracket that was really good. Mm. I don't, I'll try not to do that. Yeah. But it's just
0: fun for me to see how they all do. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't even, I just mess around with like, oh, let's see with all the defensive teams on Kimpom, let's yeah. have all of them winning and see what happens. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I like to mess around with like trends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I, I'll pull up a bracket on the app or something and think maybe I want to look into it. And then I realize that's not how you do it. For me, anyway, I need to sit down with my computer
1: and really just looking at all the stuff
0: yeah okay listen to some music or something and Mm -hmm. just let it be my time you know undivided attention of course is what it needs I haven't had much of that to go around recently but don't worry I'll make time for it Um, obviously we have to talk about the NCAA tournament this week we are also dipping back into football news there's some football recruiting news to talk about Um, the university the athletic department spent some money recently on somebody's contract we'll talk about that and then of course we'll talk about missouri back in the big dance and maybe we'll give you some picks for filling out your brackets before we get into all of that don't forget to subscribe on youtube leave us a review wherever you listen to us and of course you can support us directly on patreon patreon.com missouri sports pod let's get this football stuff out of the way (laughs) i'm still in basketball mode get it out of the way yeah you know what uh is actually starting right now in basketball but we definitely don't have time to talk about
1: uh coaching carousel coaching carousel and portal
0: portal season oh my gosh it just like yeah actually snuck up on that's a good point like
1: the past couple of years it's like transfer portal season is like super exciting yeah because we're not in postseason play, and it's like, all right, let's see if we
0: can improve this team. Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer what we're doing right now. Absolutely. There's time for portal season. We don't need to look too much into it yet. For football, though, uh, we got a few commitments. Um, Mizzou football got a commitment from a three-star offensive lineman slash tight end, Ryan Justice. Ryan is from Washington, Missouri. He had offers from Colorado illinois kentucky among others mm-hmm. yeah uh
1: second in-state commitment so far of the 24 class uh definitely a guy who's athletic and has kind of the ideal offensive like offensive tackle build uh is kind of a guy that uh like long arms definitely like a big frame that can put on more weight so probably not a guy that's going to come in and
0: contribute immediately but could be a really good player down the line yeah, twenty four seven sports has him at six six two eighty. Yep, that's a big guy for junior in high school.
1: Yeah, especially uh, as a tight end, yes, yeah. that's a big tight end running around out there, um, and especially in high school.
0: Um, then Missouri also got a commitment from three star quarterback Daniel Kalen from Bellevue, Nebraska. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um,
1: and I think I feel like we we've, we've said it the last couple of years. About how important it is to get the the quarterback on board early, just kind of the the leader of the class, kind of start getting the recruiting efforts going. Give those offensive players some, kind of something tangible to look to as like, okay, I'm gonna. This is the guy that I'd be playing with if I if I commit to Mizzou. It's and, not an
0: accident anymore. Like right. this is not a coincidence that Drink goes and gets a quarterback early for sure in the process.
1: Exactly, and I think that's just kind of a trend that college football is going going for in general i think they they like to have their quarterbacks commit early and for all those reasons but um yeah daniel is an exciting player he's uh a kind of he's kind of a pocket passer but definitely can move around in the pocket De- can uh be mobile if he needs to but i think probably his arm is the most interesting thing that he brings to the table he he's a very accurate passer the ball really pops out of his hand for sure um, I watched an interview with him and he just seems like a very well-spoken kid, like very mature. Um, seems like he's kind of just has a good plan for his, his recruiting um, journey and kind of knew what he what he was looking for.
0: And uh, I'm excited about him being at Mizzou. I could have this completely wrong and look like an idiot, but was there, was he uh, tweeting with uh, talking to um, Ryan, Wingo. Ryan Wingo on Twitter? Was that him? Yeah, before, okay. before he committed, yeah, um, about maybe playing at the same school we need everybody who is committing to mizzou to reach out to ryan wingo and say hey maybe let's play together
1: yeah but um definitely uh kalen had a lot of offers a lot of power five offers um colorado was one of the the finalists Uh, i think he had he had mentioned kentucky uh being in there as well so and several
0: other similar um ranked schools so it's a good get yeah Pulled him out of Nebraska. Didn't even go to the home school. Wow. What do you think about that? We'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it for football. Um, we're not really – I mean, I don't see any real reason to recap the SEC tournament too much. Um, but in between Missouri beating Tennessee and losing to Alabama – It was announced that Dennis Gates would receive a contract extension uh, after leading the Tigers to one of their best seasons—best season since joining the SEC. Would you be willing to say that? I mean, top four in the conference for sure. Pretty much have to, especially if they if they win a tournament game. That's that discussion is over for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Dennis Gates got a contract extension, got a pay raise from 2.5 million a year to 4 million with built-in raises on top of that. And if another program were to come along and try to hire him away, his buyout was already pretty high at 14 million. It is now 25 million. So um, if you had any doubt whatsoever, there is zero chance that he's going anywhere else to coach this offseason or probably any offseason the next three years
1: yeah probably um I don't know that I've ever heard a buyout that large honestly I mean we're in the first year obviously yeah, but Is the so most that, it'll ever that, be that makes a big difference but I mean that's just an astronomical buyout and I agree with you he, there, he's not going anywhere for a minimum of three seasons with that kind of money on the
0: line and if somebody did pony up for that then we could uh, turn around and use that money to hire whoever we want exactly but I don't want anybody else. Yeah, we're, I mean, exactly. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like Dennis Gates is everything. Like well, before the season, when we were talking about, you know, what are you excited about Gates? What did you think about the hire? Um, you know, I think it was easy to look at the whose college seasons at Cleveland State and kind of say like, well, you know, the record win losses like a, maybe a little bit underwhelming. But when you just looked at uh, who he is as a man and who he is as a coach and his relationships and what other people in the industry were saying about him it kind of just feels like man we really hit like the top of his range of, of stuff like at least this first season of like what we could have ever hoped for yeah. and um, it's just been really fun to see him be able to kind of coach the way he wants to coach um, with better players than he's ever had before um, but also still kind of that familiarity of and guys kind of buying into the culture that he wants to instill. And it just feels like, I you know it's easy to say this when you're winning, but man, it just feels like not only is a, a home run higher, but it seems like he's really comfortable here. Like genuinely yeah. loves, loves Mizzou and feels like he made a good decision.
0: Yeah. Well, there was a radio interview or something. I can't remember. Um, he talked about this a little bit after signing the extension. And he said that, you know, Mizzou and Columbia is a place that he can see himself retiring from. And, obviously other coaches have said that before and that hasn't worked out mm-hmm. but yeah, i don't know i easy think to say that whenever you uh,
1: are getting paid this kind of money like on the, on the day you get a contract extension yeah. it's pretty easy to say that and and, and you know four or five do- years down the road um you never know you know you have no idea what the feelings will be like from dennis gates or from the fan base like so much can change um in just a few years time but right now it's it's looking incredible
0: yeah and just to like you were saying going back to when he was first hired there was you look at his resume and if you just look at on the court it's like well cleveland state you know he never never got them you know to a top 100 team in the country or anything like that and maybe that's a little questionable but then the second you look any deeper than just that you see, you know, the guys he recruited at Florida State, their relationship with CY, and the immediately, um, as soon as he started putting a staff together, it became obvious that this was an incredible staff. And then he started on the recruiting trail, bringing in the top JUCO guys in the country, the transfers he brought in, everything. The lowest moment for me, as far as what my expectations were, was literally like, the first minute that i heard the announcement mm-hmm. and then just like looking at him on kempom basically right i was like in mm, cleveland state a really hard place to win though right so but then yeah every second after that where i looked any deeper into anything i was just like okay actually i like this and yeah this is gonna be good yeah and now he's my favorite person
1: <laughs> in the whole world in the whole world
0: yeah i mean i think as mizzou
1: fans it's you know we're, we're used to uh anything good just kind of like vanishing in front of us like we're, we're you know you know what i'm talking about just, how
0: how does this fall apart and how soon does it happen yeah
1: that's yeah. just that's how we're programmed to think and understandably so we've, we've been through some things for sure um and so i think it's easy to think like well okay dennis gates has been awesome he's been a home run higher how soon is he gonna leave and I do feel like maybe at one point I was kind of thinking like, I hope we can hold on to him. But the more I think about it, like and Missouri is a great basketball school. Historically uh, they're in a, they're in a, a solid, very competitive conference
0: with a lot of money. <laughs> and yeah, the, the SEC basketball wise top yeah. to bottom, the best it's ever been.
1: Yes. And I think Missouri should expect to be in the top half of that conference year in and year out from uh, really from here on out. And Missouri's playing four million dollars a year like that that kind of money I mean anybody in the country would hope to make that kind of money yeah so I I think Missouri is saying uh we're ready to be a powerhouse basketball program and you know so I think I think Dennis Gates is making plenty money he's probably not looking around for where can I make more money he seems to be happy where he's at and understandably so
0: yeah and Thinking back to like when Missouri joined the SEC, it was like, eh, they're probably going to be a bottom feeder in football, but this will elevate this. We're bringing in a solid basketball program that shouldn't have any problem being, you know, competing with Kentucky and Arkansas and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then like the football team obviously goes to two SEC championship games. The basketball team suffers under Kim Anderson and it was just like, wait, this is the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. And it's a shame that it took this long. I mean, Konzo, it was there. It was like the, the the pieces were there. And like you could see a trajectory where that would have worked out and been something like this. But it just didn't materialize. And I feel like honestly, having a younger coach who hasn't exact hasn't made a name for himself yet and coming to mizzou and this is the place where he can make a name for himself and put down roots and all that stuff it is really working out as best we could have hoped mm-hmm. and that includes missouri uh making it to the semifinals of the sec tournament for the first time ever yeah do you, oh one more thing do you think yeah. they uh
1: I do you think they kind of heard some of the rumors going around that maybe uh some schools were prior we're going to prioritize this gates i obviously i heard his name brought up for like the georgetown opening and you know obviously agents are a thing even in college basketball like you know we're dealing with amateurism to some extent i guess in college sports but the, the coaches are very much professionals and they have agents yeah and so the agents are are you know, working for their client, trying to get them a raise at really any opportunity they can. So I'm sure that that's possible. That it was just some posturing going on, but I th- I just I like that they were like, oh, let's not even leave it up to chance. Yeah. If this is really happening or not, let's just let's just lock them down.
0: Yeah. Um. I think when you just kind of look around at the landscape of college basketball and the coaching carousel and all of that, you a big school trying to make a splash hire with an up and coming coach. Would look at a guy like Dennis Gates and be like, okay, he's only been at Mizzou one year. It a bunch of seniors. He brought a bunch of his own guys. Let's just try to swoop in and bring him to our program and make him forget all about Missouri. And that would be the time to do it. And so for the athletic department to kind of realize that, I don't even think it had to be anything too explicit, but just like, We're not even gonna have an environment around the coach that would let this go anywhere. We're just gonna end any conversation like that before it even begins. I was happy to see them do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the SEC tournament. Missouri beat Tennessee. Feels like forever ago that that happened. It really does. Um, But then they lost to Alabama. Alabama went on to defeat A&M in the tournament championship. Alabama's good. Yeah, they're really good.
1: And, I, again, I'm not going to turn this into uh, Kyle versus the computers, but, I mean, like, freaking. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we will. Tennessee, I mean, I, I just can't. Uh, watching those those two teams back-to-back in uh, back-to-back days, Tennessee and Alabama, I just felt like Alabama's defense was infinitely better than, than Tennessee's.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tennessee missing Ziegler, obviously. But yeah, the way Alabama basically just like. They're so long. They were basically letting Missouri drive into the paint. Missouri guards getting into the paint whenever they wanted almost, and then couldn't do anything. Yeah, they would just like pick up their dribble and like panic and look for, you know, trying to get it out. I feel like all season, um, players like Golston and East have been able to get to their spot in the paint and make a basket or at least get a good look and against alabama they were getting to that spot and then there was just nothing there yep and alabama was just encouraging it basically like yeah sure drive in here you're not going to be able to do anything Mm -hmm. and then alabama on the offensive end just they get the ball wherever they want it yeah they will be patient when they need to they'll run in transition when they need to and they have um i can't remember obviously they have Quinnerly and I can't remember the other guard's name off the top of my head but Mark Sears yeah they're both got they're basically two guys that can handle the ball drive and pass like point guards mm-hmm. but then are also capable spot up shooters they weren't even
1: shooting well no. against Missouri like I mean I felt like they could have beat us by 25 yeah. if they really wanted if they were just hitting the shots that they normally hit yeah which is kind of scary and I'm not sure that really is uh, an indictment of Missouri's play it's just I think Alabama is just that good and Brandon Miller is uh, genuinely, like, an NBA player right now. Yeah. And he can just do everything. Like, shoot. He can distribute. He can. He's big and get in there and rebound. He can just – he's a threat from anywhere on the floor.
0: Yeah, Alabama missing shots from outside with keeping Missouri in the game. And then there is, like, we needed that, like, 8-0 run <coughs> to – Wow. Bless you. Zoom tight. We needed, like, that 8-0 run to just – make them sweat a little bit more Mm -hmm. and the opportunities were there but we just couldn't convert around the rim that's been a i feel like the first time we played alabama same same story there's been a few of missouri's losses like against a&m against kansas it was just like we can't do anything around the rim to score Mm -hmm. um was there anything in that Tennessee game I mean that was just a fun game to watch that was fun yeah Uh, Hodge played great
1: yeah like 26 points or something like that Kobe played really well Yeah, Kobe just six
0: points against Alabama yeah
1: there was definitely a few times in the Tennessee game where it felt like Kobe was like all right I'm the best player on the floor I'm gonna take over and we just never saw that against Alabama because Mm -hmm. they're just a totally different team to play against and obviously uh, they were zeroed in on on Kobe and it kind of just took him away but Again, that's you know we've talked about it before. Um, in certain matchups, Kobe is a nightmare, and in certain matchups, uh, it's a mismatch uh, in favor of the other team yeah. because Kobe's
0: a little undersized in some some ways. But uh, nobody cares about any of that anymore because we had selection Sunday, and we didn't have to wait very long to find out that Missouri is headed to California as a seven seed. To take on 10 seed Utah State from the Mountain West Conference in the first round of the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, initial reaction without really like digging into it too much, I feel like this is like a pretty good draw without even looking beyond Missouri's first game. Because if they win, they'll have a really tough game, but we'll get to that. Uh, but I think this is like a I think this is a pretty good draw for Missouri. Um, I think there are scarier 10 seeds. I think Missouri could have been a six seed, uh, but that's not where they ended up.
0: Um, Before we jump too far into the matchup there with Utah State, it's worth pointing out, Kyle did fill out all of his projected seeds, one through 16, picked every team, got 46 picks exactly correct. And if you compare that to the industry standard, which is ESPN cbs sports and we went with one of our favorite computers barttorvik.com kyle was at 46 correct joe Lenardi for espn 46 correct jerry palm of cbs sports 46 correct and the computer barttorvik.com 42 picks correct so kyle you smashed the computer and we're every bit as good as joe Lenardi and jerry palm i still
1: didn't really think that was going to happen like i was kind of like keeping track of how well i was doing like during the selection show oh, I and i felt like too. i was missing a lot <laughs> so i was definitely surprised when i kind of tabulated it out all at, at the all at the end um, but sometimes i feel like joe Lenardi probably like is just trying to like set up matchups for like for clicks and stuff
0: so i do feel like he some, probably could have some, some engagement farming from
1: yeah, he probably could have done a better racket if he really wanted to but
0: i feel like they would fine-tune that like the last second and right just be like eh, forget the intrigue of the matchups that are imaginary let me just yeah. try to get this right
1: right yeah i felt like florida atlantic got hosed i think i predicted them it's a seven seed and they ended up getting a nine i think that was the only one i missed by like more than one seed line yeah but yeah for the most part that kind of like seven through ten those seedings are can be a little uh just kind of flipping a coin um
0: you had let's see here well, do you know the the highest and I'm talking about best ranked Ken Palm team that did not make the tournament? Can you think of that? In Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers. They're probably like thirty-ish, thirty-fifth in Ken Palm. Did not make the tournament. They oh, got
1: snubbed, honestly, yeah. in my opinion.
0: So let's see. Nevada made it in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're forty-third in Ken Palm. Pittsburgh was one of the last ones pittsburgh uh, kim palm likes pittsburgh I, was gonna say, I think the analytics actually like pittsburgh uh oklahoma state was another one that didn't make the cut
1: they had like 14 or 15 losses yeah, i 18 I, w- and 15. I was
0: happy they did not make it um uh, michigan didn't make the cut north carolina didn't make the cut and then they were like also we don't want to play in the nit yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah north carolina said that yeah um Vanderbilt also they weren't even real,
0: very close I don't even think they were in the first four out right I yeah man I kind of the more I thought about it I, I was like last time we recorded I was like yeah Vanderbilt they're not making it and then I think if they beat if they would have found a way to beat a and make the championship I think it would have been hard to keep them out honestly yeah but it's just kind of always like a topic of discussion like how much those late
1: uh conference tournaments really factor in and i tell you what if they would have won the sec championship then they would have been in cam
0: oh i bet i bet you're right <laughs> hard to keep them out <laughs> um do you know the uh there's a last one and we'll we'll talk we'll save more uh tournament talk we can do after, it all day we, yeah yeah we'll save it for the end the lowest ranked kempom team in the tournament
1: oh my gosh they are a
0: 16 yeah, seed
1: i'd probably have to guess
0: texas southern
1: uh, that's close.
0: Texas they're Southern is
1: 14 and the, 20.
0: Yeah. Texas Southern's second worst Kimpom team at 285. Mm. Fairly Dickinson mm. is 312.
1: Gosh. Did they just go on a run in their conference tournament or something? I don't know how that even works. Or they're uh, just in a
0: god awful conference. The Northeast Conference. Never heard of it. The best Kim team was Merrimack. No, actually, Fairleigh Dickinson past them that 312 Merrimack 315 wow and they are also the northeast conference has the worst team in the country according to Kim LIU <laughs> northeast conference
1: sounds like a fun conference
0: all right so we'll we'll chat more about the tournament and our brackets and all that kind of stuff and we will tell you how you can join our bracket competition after we talk about this first round matchup with Utah State it's going to be thursday at 12:40 p.m. it's like the,
1: it's like the third game of the whole tournament i think
0: yeah 12:40 um, p.m. are you going to take off work or take a half day do you always take off work thursday friday first week? um in the past yeah i actually
1: have taken off work before maybe at least on like the friday or something like that
0: now you've worked your way up and where to where you can just watch it at I, your desk and nobody will care
1: yeah i will I, i work kind of a hybrid schedule so sometimes i
0: can work from home so okay we'll we'll see i'll have it on i'll have (laughs) it on in the background yeah i will be home watching that for sure um utah state 26 and 8 on the season 13 and 5 in the mountain west conference you ready for this 18th on kempom 13th on offense 64th on defense Second year for head coach Ryan Odom after spending five seasons at UMBC coaching the Retrievers, including Mm -hmm. when they beat number one seed, Virginia, as a 16 seed. Yep. UMBC. What does that stand for, Kyle?
1: University of... Oh, my gosh. Like Maryland something. Maryland. Mm -hmm.
0: What's B... What's it was B in Maryland? Baltimore. Uh eh? mm. what do you think the C I have no idea? University of Maryland, Baltimore County.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. I was about to say college, and I was like, well, they already said university, so that, <laughs> that didn't make sense. The
0: old golden retrievers. Golden Retrievers. Most docile mascot. True. Probably. Probably. Uh yeah. So 16 seed, knocked off Virginia. Then he gets a job at Utah State in their second season there, takes him to the NCAA tournament. They had a really good year, 13-5 and five in their conference, top 20 Kim pom team, and they're known for their offense. They are known for their three-point shooting, especially junior guard Steven Ashworth. He's shooting 44% on 237 attempts from three. He almost had a 50-40-90 season, which is 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. We talked previously about Isaiah Mosley doing that last year from Missouri State, Uh, but he was just short. He shot like 88% on free throws.
1: Probably just ridiculous usage. Um, He's definitely kind of like a – I don't know if if you'd call him a point guard, but he's a a really small guard, probably like six-foot guard, super like – I don't know, just – he'll pull up from anywhere and just imagine how many threes – Like, Des Hodge has shot this year, and this dude has shot more and made more than Hodge. Like, he just launches always, and um, he can get in the lane, too. I don't know. He's
0: just—he's a really, really good player. Very dangerous, and I'm sure very frustrating to play against. Check this out. They have actually attempted the exact same number of threes. Oh, wow. 237. But Hodge has only made 95 uh, to his
1: 104.
0: Hmm. But, uh, yeah. So— Watch out for him.
1: He's just, just kind of
0: do-it-everything kind of guard. Yeah. Do, do, what am I trying to say? Do-it-all. Do-it-all. Yeah. Kind of a do-it-all. Yeah. He. I mean, he doesn't have, I don't think he has a double-double this year, but he's had multiple nine-assist games. He's had multiple eight, nine-rebound games. So even at six one or whatever he is listed, he really is a do-it-all guard. Um, to run through sort of my little scouting report that I put together here, you gotta watch out for Ashworth. Um, Taylor Funk is a 69 forward who is shooting 38% from 3 on over 200 attempts as well. Um, they have a 7 foot 1 center who has started every game this year but only plays like 34% of the minutes. So I really don't think he'll be too much of a factor, but he does look intimidating at the tip off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they do have a guy that comes off the bench that, like, has better production than him, right? Yes, Dan Aiken. Uh, he is a forward, um, a paint-scoring threat for sure, double figures. Double-double machine. Yeah, he's that type of uh, paint-scoring, high-rebound, high-motor guy, super athletic. Um, he will remind us of – I feel like watching the game, He's gonna. he would fit right in on, like, Texas A&M or Mississippi State. It's kind of a – a big body down low that, yeah. won't, that
1: won't step out and shoot, but right. we'll just kind of vacuum up all the rebounds down low. Yeah,
0: block a couple shots, scrappy, like high energy. Um, so he, he can be a handful for mm-hmm. sure down low. Um, their other, their like two guard is Max Schulge. Um He's also, he doesn't shoot as many threes, but he's shooting 37% on the year. Um, this whole team, They do a pretty, their their tempo is interesting. Fast tempo on offense, like they're shooting, uh, they're getting the ball up the court in transition for quick shots. They're not using a lot of the shot clock. Um, But on defense, their opponents actually use quite a bit of the shot clock and have slower possessions. So Mm -hmm. interesting dynamic there. They all are good at getting to the free throw line and they're one of the best free throw percentage teams in the country. So, offensively, they're a handful. And just looking at these two teams on offense, it's like we're maybe in for, like, two teams uh, both scoring in the 90s or something.
1: (laughs) That'd be fun. Assuming we win.
0: What do you think? How does, like, Missouri's unorthodox defensive strategy. Right. um, I mean, Utah State, not the best at preventing turnovers this year. So yeah, there's maybe uh, an opportunity there.
1: Yeah, I think that's really kind of the X factor in my mind is that they are a little bit turnover turnover prone, and I think that Missouri is going to be able to exploit that and really, um, you know, I think Utah State as you got to keep in mind there they've been really they've been really good, but they're not playing at as high of a level for the whole season that Missouri's been playing at. I do think Missouri's defensive style, like I mean. Could Utah State just come out and, and just beat us by, like, 15 points because they just make everything? Yeah, I think that's within the realm of possibilities. Yeah, they the, could go, like, 15
0: of 30 from yeah. three. and, and Yeah,
1: and, and they probably average 10 threes a game yeah. or more. So, yeah, it's very possible they could come out and just shoot the lights out and just easily win. Um, so that's that's a little, a little bit of a scary outcome, but ultimately I think that Missouri is going to be able to slow – slow them down a little bit and kind of make them be conscious about um, kind of dribbling and not turning the ball over because we know how scrappy Missouri is and how many steals they get and how many points they score in transition. If you think back to, I mean, really they've done it all year long, but if you think back to the beginning of the year when Missouri was playing a little bit worse competition and maybe that style of play that they're playing uh, wasn't on the scouting report as much yet, I mean, they were just doing that like time and time again, just turning the other team over and just running down the court and getting an easy layup. I, I think we'll see some of that in this game. Um, but you know, it's it's tough to know uh, exactly how it's gonna go. But I, I I for Missouri's favor, I like the turnover battle and I also think Kobe could just be unleashed against um against this defense that I think the analytics think is okay, but I think I think Kobe could carve him up if he wanted to.
0: Yeah, uh, Kobe is going to be a huge factor. I think um, Aiken, I think they'll try to put Aiken on Kobe to slow him down, and I think that will open up opportunities for, like, Noah Carter. Whichever big, and I'm using air quotes, whichever big they put Aiken on, look for the other one to have opportunities at the rim. And... The, another thing about Utah State is they're not that deep. They play like seven guys, basically. And four of the five starters play like 30-plus minutes a game. So if we could get them in foul trouble, that would be super useful. Um, I was looking at their schedule, and they're in the same conference as San Diego State, who I think is a five seed in the NCAA tournament. They lost to San Diego State three times this year. They split with Boise State. Actually, they lost once. They split with Boise State in the regular season and then beat them again in the conference tournament. So those are going to be teams more the caliber of what Missouri has faced this year. Um, Utah State beat Washington state in a non-conference matchup early in the season. But they lost to two, like, uh, these were probably Quadrant 4 losses yeah, to Weber State and SMU.
1: Yeah, they're 1-2 and two in Quadrant 4 games, which is crazy, honestly, to think about. Because um, Quadrant 4, I mean, that's, that's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and so I'm, I'm pulling up this Weber State matchup. Weber State shot 50% from three and 49% from two and utah state shot attempted 23 threes but only made eight of them so that's 35 percent. an outcome like that is not outside the realm of possibility i mean when a team kind of we've seen it from Mizzou this year when you live and die by the three on offense bad things can happen pretty easily mm-hmm. um i was also looking at a matchup um Utah State actually beat Oral Roberts early this year. But that was a high-scoring game. It was a 95-85. Wow. And in that game, Utah State shot 19 of 31 from three.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen in the Missouri game, honestly. I think there's going to be a ton of possessions, and I think Utah State could attempt 30 plus threes. Really, maybe both teams.
0: Well, if they make 19 threes, that's bad news. We, we, oh, yeah. We're going to need them to be like 12 of 30 Yeah, at best. I think. Yeah. Um, as far as Utah State's defense, I like Kobe. Uh, I think Aiken is a good defender. He's super strong, super athletic. He's listed at 6'9". Outside of him, I feel like there's some holes on the Utah State defense. And they are kind of content to... Um, I don't know. They're kind of content to just keep you in front of them and just try not to let you get to the basket so they give up they honestly they give up a lot of open threes like missouri does so if that's happening and these teams are on i need to i need to look up uh, producer cameron can you look up if utah state is a nike school (laughs) i wonder if they're used to the uh, wilson basketballs um I could really see this being a shootout. Yeah. Um. I think I agree with you that I think Missouri absolutely wins the turnover battle, and that it could be like they could destroy them in a yeah. the turnover battle.
1: Yeah, I think. They and could. that
0: could win the game for Missouri.
1: I mean, they turned Alabama over a ton yeah. in the first half of the of the game a few days ago. Uh, one of the
0: reasons they stayed in and as long as they did.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't remember exactly how many it was, but I feel like it was like 15 turnovers for the game. Uh, or something crazy like that. Um, I I'd think have,
0: eleven in the first half.
1: Yeah, I, most of them. Yeah, were in the first half. So I, I think Missouri could do that again against Utah State. And in this situation, I think that they could convert that better than they did against Alabama. So. I believe there. they are a Nike school.
0: Okay, we're on, on an even playing field there. Hmm. Neither team will be used to the Wilson basketballs. Wow, that's that's some real deep analysis, but I love it.
1: Um, but I all sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. I mean. Utah State is favored in this game by Vegas. I think it's like a point and a half favorite, but which they might be the only favorite um, out of the 10 seeds. But you can see why. I mean, because I know the the Sharps and Vegas are looking at Kimpom. And, I mean, I've, I've listened to podcasts. I've listened to guys talking about what they look at. I know Vegas looks at Kimpom. It's one of the primary analytic sites they're using. And they're seeing that Utah State – has like a top 13 offense or whatever you said 11th and three-point shooting yeah and then they see how terrible missouri's defensive ranking is and yeah it makes a lot of sense that like okay utah state's about to exploit this matchup and without really kind of digging into the details like we've done the last few weeks but um so you can see on the surface like if you're just kind of browsing like top level um analytics you you could probably guess that it could be an interesting matchup and which i'm not going to try and defend missouri's three-point defense yeah like it's
0: it's not great but you have to have watched Missouri play quite a bit to even like to even make sense of their defensive analytics exactly yeah like okay this doesn't make any sense like be this good at some things this bad at others Mm -hmm. you have to just kind of watch how it works in games uh yeah to your point though Ken Palm likes Utah State by four and I'm not here for any of that Um,
1: Missouri's undefeated on neutral site Sure. This year?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, they, they killed el- Illinois SEC tournament. Oh, okay. Yep. That's, yeah. yeah. But They've yeah, played UCF well. and Illinois were neutral site. Um. I don't know. I am I crazy? I feel like even pessimistic me, who like always plans for the worst, just to be like pleasantly surprised. I think I like Missouri in this game. I think that Missouri will not have the rebounding struggles that they've had. I think any of the rebounding struggles in this game are gonna come from just from the style of play. I don't think we're gonna see teams just like I don't think we're gonna see Utah State, you know, getting ten plus more rebounds than Missouri because of their size Mm -hmm. and, you know, making that a point of emphasis. I think it's easy to see how that happens in the SEC. Yeah.
1: against like Tolu Smith or somebody like yes, that or, exactly. or Oscar Sheboy. Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, Utah State doesn't have that kind of guy. Right. Literally, we did, I just keep going back to Aiken because he's, he's the only player on their team that you could just substitute right into an SEC team mm-hmm. and they would just blend right in. Right. Some of these other guys, I think you would be like, okay, yeah, they're you know, a prolific scorer or whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't have the athleticism and size. Right.
1: Yeah. And when you uh, think when you think about what slowed Missouri down this year, it is guys like Tolu Smith. It is uh, you know, length of Arkansas or Alabama. Yeah. It's not uh, because a team shoots threes well. And uh, like Missouri, if if you're a good offensive team, Missouri's just outgunned you this mm-hmm. year. That's exactly how every game's gone that they've played against a team that's all offense. They will just score more points than you, and that's that's worked basically in every matchup where that's a factor. But the teams that do slow Missouri down are like to your point are teams that are athletic and big on the inside. And I don't think
0: that Utah State presents that challenge. Even Florida, with uh, Colin Castleton, it was like we liked Mizzou on paper, and the the X factor was Castleton just yeah, uh, he, being a force inside. He had a great game.
1: Hmm. this is a weird uh location and time like so they're playing in what? what is it sacramento mm-hmm. so in like pacific time zone and it's 12 30 or something like that central time so they're playing at like 10 30 a.m yeah in sacramento that's that super weird. weird yeah that You've, is strange like i feel like they should they should have planned that a little bit better like the early games are on the east coast or something like that but
0: what do i know I am looking now at Missouri's game against Auburn because maybe if I was trying to find like the blueprint for this type of team but Missouri shot 5 of 22 from 3, right? And turned the ball over 16 times.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that was an outlier of performance, but I guess that that could just be bias on my part but that was really the only, I mean, that was like one of the worst basketball games I've ever watched.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I'm the, Yeah. So to that point though, like you have to go to this outlier of a matchup that, you know, Missouri just played awful. One of the few games this year where just, they just weren't there at all ever. You have to go to that to find a team that comes close to, I think the style of play that we're going to see. And even they have, um, Jani Broom who, Six mm-hmm. ten, uh, went for a double double. Yeah, against Missouri. I'm talking myself into just loving this matchup all of a sudden. I I
1: really think I really think it's a good matchup. I think I would have been more afraid of Penn State. Uh, let's see who else we got here in the ten line. Boise State. I don't know. That probably would have been a decent matchup too. But I. I was—initial reaction, I was fine with this, and I think I still feel that way. Um, Yes, uh, Utah State could come out and just blitz us if they shoot really well, but um, I think Missouri's going to be in it. I think they'll be focused, and I think they're going
0: to win. I think even for the players and the coaching staff, everybody involved has to be looking at this like watching game film of Utah State. There's got to be a part of them that's just like, okay— this is how we want to play. Let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go put a hundred on them.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. They they might be looking at the the matchup the exact same way that we are looking at it in favor. And that's Missouri. how I
0: want them to be thinking of it. Yeah. Like, go with that game plan unless, you know, because it really feels like the only way we're not in this game, is Utah State just shoots the ball at the top of their yeah. You know, range of outcomes Mm
1: -hmm. just don't let us don't let us score 70 that's true that's the game plan Uh, both teams are scoring 70 in this game freaking luck
0: yeah i mean i don't think there's any chance either one of these teams is scoring in the 60s in this matchup
1: absolutely not not a chance
0: i'm looking at uh okay utah state has lost four games this year while scoring 70 or more points
1: wow you looked that up really fast yeah. that was a fast little scan
0: i can skim kim pom pretty quickly i know what i'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> i've spent some time on this website yes you believe have it or not um mm, anything else to talk about here let's see i think we're gonna need we're gonna need our guys to shoot well that's the thing and like i'm thinking about carter I'm really intrigued to see what Kobe Brown and DeAndre Golston can do in the paint. Yeah. Cause the way Golston was his finish to the season. uh, I've just been so impressed with like his last five games before the Alabama game where he's just loving these one-on-one matchups. And I think with him as like kind of a bigger wing slash guard, I think he'll be able to have some post-up opportunities and some, good one-on-one matchups yeah i mean even yes i agree and but also even just
1: smaller players like sean east uh or nick honor like i mean watching no, no offense but watching sean east uh, try and operate the offense against alabama was just so frustrating yeah they were just completely taking him out of the game and just
0: like their length and it was just a problem to to put it nicely he was the the main one where they were like you can get wherever you want right you can get as close to the rim as you want and it doesn't matter
1: yeah you and he he did that a few times and sometimes like passed up shots under the basket because he was just they just weren't going in yeah so i i think that guys like that um this could be a game where they could feel a little more more confident kind of like operating the offense or getting in inside and kind of dishing out from there and that kind of stuff yeah, I
0: agree. Are,
1: are we are we just gonna look so bad after? We're this? either gonna
0: look really good or really bad. There's no there's no <laughs> in the middle here. I'm afraid. Um, yeah. Because like even a, even if Missouri loses a shootout, I still feel like you know. Yeah, that's we we knew that could happen. Yeah. There's zero chances of a low scoring game. No. I mean. If this it game would, is in the be, '60s, then that—that's just a bad basketball game. That's just teams n- not being able to make threes. They're hung over from the night before. Or Maybe something. like there's there's no explanation if it's a low scoring game. Yeah. Um, give me Missouri. I mean, I think we, I think we definitely shoot better from two. I think we can overcome um, them shooting better from three if we keep the rebounding margin close, destroy them in the turnover margin, which I really think will happen and do some damage in the paint, which I definitely think we'll be able to do. Yep. That's the formula. I think they accomplish it. I think it'll be a fun game. Give me Mizzou 85 to 78.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go even higher than that. Give me uh, Missouri 89 to 83. I wonder what that over-under is for this game. I'll see if I can find that quickly.
0: I think we're we're pretty close to just reversing uh, old Kenny's uh, prediction. Over-under is
1: 154.5. So that's what roughly like 75-ish yeah. range for both teams.
0: So um, my our predictions be hitting the over for sure. Yeah, Kim Palm says Utah State 8379. It's kind of right in there where we are, but with the teams flipped. Um so it's worth looking at who Missouri would play in the second round, and that would most likely be Arizona. Arizona has a first round matchup with Princeton. And they'll no belief in Princeton? I've got no belief in Princeton. Me either. Uh, so, no. and to be honest with you, Kyle, and everybody listening, I haven't looked at Arizona much this year. I know off the top of my head they're a bad matchup for Missouri. Um, they are number 10 in Kempom, fourth on offense, 41st on defense, high tempo. Um, they do not turn the ball over as much as Utah State. Nope. And they shoot the three-pointer just about as well. And then they've also got one of the best players in the country at 6'11", a junior by the name of Azulis Tubelis. Nice. And he is uh, pretty fun to watch. He'll probably go on to the NBA after this season. He was uh, the number one player in the Pac-12 in possessions used. So he is their go-to guy. He scores in the paint, gets to the free throw line, makes his free throws. One of the best rebounders in the country. I think he'll give... Uh, he'll. It'll be like Tolu Smith, but a better version of but him. But like better scoring. Yes. Yeah, and
1: uh, a name probably everybody recognizes is Courtney Ramey. True. Who is a great guard like big guard that doesn't turn it over shoots well like he's a scoring guard that distributes uh and i would have loved 41 percent from three would have loved to see him in a missouri uniform but that was clearly never meant to be um, because he had multiple opportunities and and did not uh take any of those opportunities but um it's, it's
0: good for him though to find a good landing spot in arizona yeah, after I, leaving texas i mean like
1: it's i feel like it's kind of easy to to forget about those West Coast teams sometimes because they always play so late and everything. So I kind of feel like he's been off my radar a little bit this year, but he's quietly had a fantastic year.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's been solid for them. Um, I There's no way I could – I mean, Missouri, with the way they play, like give me a chance against anybody just about. Yeah. Um, we've seen that the top – the very top of college basketball – kansas alabama they're operating at a level missouri is not this year and missouri's having to you know scheme their way around weaknesses to accentuate where they're good and you know arizona they have an off shooting night missouri goes crazy from three kobe brown puts up 35 it could happen yeah but i'm not going to predict it yeah i mean none
1: of these none of these games look doable until they start playing the game I always every March, I'm like, man, next year when I'm filling up my brackets, I need to pick more upsets. Like because when the games when the when the game tips, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's a seven versus a two seed, but they they're hanging tough. I mean, it's it's you know they're not that different. Yeah. But when you're looking at it on paper, it's like, oh, a seven over a two seed, that, that's not gonna happen.
0: Right. Um, yeah. So r- regardless of what happens, um, if Missouri is able to pull off a win. In the first round here, it would be the first time since like I don't know since Norm Stewart was here. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it'd be the first time in a while, yeah. and it would cement this season as the best easily. Now with a an NCAA tournament win makes us the best season Mizzou basketball has had since joining the SEC. Yeah, I think we're already there. Yeah, but a win would
1: for sure close the book on that i think we've lost six ncaa tournament games in a row dating back to 2010 being the last win
0: against clemson clemson was that clemson was that the 7-10 matchup yeah we were the 10 yeah (gasps) okay what's what does that mean for you i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds. Like, I hope that doesn't mean the 10 seed is going to win again. It doesn't. Don't even say it. Doesn't it doesn't even mean I, that. That's
0: definitely not what I was thinking.
1: So that's what like the Obama administration. <laughs> Last time Missouri won a tournament game.
0: That makes it sound like a long time ago. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, we're predicting wins here. Yep. Let's go get this win. Um. Now for some fun stuff. If you want to listen to us talk about the rest of the NCAA tournament bracket and who we like, who we don't like, some fun storylines, where the intrigue is, that's what we're about to do. Um, If if you don't want to hear all that, but want to participate in our bracket challenge group, we will probably tweet out a link to it at some point. But if you search Missouri Sports Pod 2023, you will find our bracket group. You can enter Last couple years, we've given away a t-shirt to the winner. Uh, last year, Kyle won. So somebody needs to dethrone him. Um, but yeah, Missouri Sports Pod 2023 is our bracket group. And now we're going to give away all of our secrets of how we picked our bracket for the group. So you can fade our picks or copy us or whatever you want to do. Um, was there any, you talked a little bit about Uh, some of the seeds that seemed off, uh, talking about FAU. Was there anybody else that you just thought was like, maybe you stick to the SEC? Was there anybody in the SEC that you thought it just was completely misseeded?
1: Well, when I predicted the seeds, I, I did say that Tennessee would get a four seed. And I guess I understand why, but sometimes it's just, it's like, man, a top four seed, that is that's a big deal in the NCAA tournament. Like you had to have had a spectacular season to, you know, to get a three or four seed or above. Um, I don't know. I, Tennessee is just weird, man. They, they have like four or five wins against like top 10 teams this year, but they're also really vulnerable and they just don't really scare me that much. And I kind of feel like they could get upset in the first round. Um, honestly, probably like my biggest complaint is Arkansas. I feel like their resume is pretty weak. Um, they did get Nick Smith Junior. back. Obviously, he's a great player. He's a he's a future lottery pick, and he's been putting up crazy numbers since he's been back. But um, and weirdly enough, I still think that I'm they're going to be Illinois like seventy percent of the time. Uh, but I
0: still just don't know that they deserved an eight seed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with Tennessee, like Duke had kind of a iffy start to the season. But, like, they played Kansas really well, but Tennessee beat Kansas. So, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But Duke had a really strong end to the season, basically, like, the opposite of Tennessee. Um, and I feel like it would just been – makes so much more sense. They're right there. Duke being the four and Tennessee being the five, mm-hmm. I feel like makes more sense in that region. I, I agree with you.
1: Um, and then one other thing I think that was pretty glaring was Texas A&M and their seed. They got a seven. Um I predicted they'd get a six but honestly I wouldn't have been mad if they got up to even to the five line just because they, I mean they won like 17 SEC games including the, the tournament Yeah, like they have been playing as well as anyone in the country in fact I think they've been playing like a top five top ten team on Kim Palm in like conference season mm-hmm. so I I thought that uh, A&M got hosed a little bit and they they drew a tough uh, matchup in Penn State I mean that's not a game that they're a shoe in to win and I think they deserve to get a better matchup than that
0: I agree with you there. Uh, so we don't necessarily need to go game by game here, but is there any on your official bracket for your podcast entry, you know, who knows how many will do when it's all said and done, but in your official bracket for the podcast, are that, do you like any upsets in particular? One that I, that jumps out to me is Furman over Virginia. I feel like that'll kind of maybe be a trendy one that a lot of people are into. But uh, what do you think about that, or do you have any other upsets that you like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I thought Virginia was a team that probably uh, again did not deserve a four seed. I, th- I think they're pretty weak. I think the ACC is pretty bad. Uh, Virginia is really uninspiring to me, and we kind of know that they play that plotting, slow style where they're they're pretty susceptible to getting beat by teams that score a lot of points. and Furman does that, so I think I think that's a really good upset pick. Any I, others that you like in particular? Well, okay, well. Y- I was kind of I'm, I'm trying to win this bracket group. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, there's certain strategies I'm 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 going with here. So I, I might what have was your strategy last year. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I might I, I might have gone a little safer just because you know, we're this is not going to be like a, a thousand person tournament or anything So it's I went a little bit safer and just was gonna let variance do its thing You know in the late part of the tournament. So I didn't pick a ton of upsets at the beginning uh, but I, d- I do agree. Furman is one that stands out for sure. And then I, th- I think Louisiana is a team that could be, uh, they're the 13 seed. I think they could beat Tennessee in the first round. They score a lot of
0: points and, um, without Ziegler, I think Tennessee is vulnerable. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was, uh, Iowa state. I feel like they're an easy first round loss pick for me. Uh, if i'm doing you know 10 brackets i'm probably picking them to lose in the first round six times Mm -hmm. because they have just fallen off towards the end of the year
1: well look again they they fell off in the middle but they kind of they kind of resurged at the end though okay but that's i mean that's fair
0: they and they have to play mississippi state or or pittsburgh that could be a tough matchup yeah kind of i want mississippi state to kind of have a good showing Mm -hmm. and so maybe i'm willing that one into existence but well,
1: I—I I mean, it's tough to really argue anything when you are talking about March Madness because just literally anything can happen in this tournament. But in this particular bracket, I have Iowa State going to the Elite Eight, so we have pretty different outcomes for that Iowa was, State.
0: Iowa State would definitely go to the Elite Eight if they got to play Baylor three times to get there. Uh, yeah, if Baylor's anywhere near <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of insane. Like they—I am looking at Iowa State now. They lost. I mean, I am not going to count them all, but like they were thirteen and two. And then we're 17 and 12 a little while later. Mm -hmm. So that's losing a majority of games there. But then, yeah, they beat Baylor twice. Once final game of the regular season, then the opening game of the conference tournament. That is kind of strange. So, but that's why, you know, Baylor's all the way on the other side of the bracket. So give me uh, Mississippi State. (laughs)
1: There you go. I think uh, – and that is in the region with Houston. I think Houston is honestly one of the most difficult teams to know what to do with uh, just because they had an injury to Marcus Sasser, who's one of the best players in the country. Uh, they pl- Houston played against Memphis in the, uh, I guess, AAC Conference Tournament Championship on Sunday, and they lost without Sasser. So they looked a little bit lost um, without their best player. And, you know, they, I mean, they could poten- potentially – Lose to Iowa or Auburn in the second round game. I didn't predict that in this bracket, but I think that's something that, that definitely would not surprise
0: me. Yeah, if he's not playing, then I think Yeah. you never know. It
1: is possible. He could return. We don't really know. His status is, is pretty unknown.
0: I bet he plays, but the fact that they're like saying that they're not sure and that game is Thursday, I feel like, I don't know, I'm kind of leaning towards him playing um so yeah let's take a look at um so who do you like in this bracket for the podcast uh who do you have in the elite eight let's do all eight teams and then tell me if there's a team that like maybe uh this is a minority of the brackets that you have them that going that far
1: uh yeah so i've got one seed alabama playing against two seed arizona uh, Me too. I, in the East, I have five-seed Duke playing against two-seed Marquette.
0: Okay. Anything crazy there? I have Purdue against Kentucky. I have Kentucky making a run. I like um, – I in the NCAA tournament, I like teams with a good big man, and Purdue and Kentucky both have that. I do have Duke and Marquette in the Sweet 16. I think those are going to be fun matchups in that region. Mm-hmm. But – I like the big men from Arizona, Purdue, and Kentucky to kind of carry them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Purdue is, again, another tough team to know what to do with, like deep in the tournament, because they just have insane big men who can just do whatever they want. But they kind of just have slow guards that I think are a little bit underwhelming, but could very well just easily march to the Final Four, also.
0: I feel like this is one of those Kentucky teams that, like, people or were like, you know, Kentucky fans were thinking coach cal you know they were talking about <laughs> coaching change earlier yeah. this year and i feel like he'll just like go to the final four and just Probably. be like yeah i still got it don't That's worry it's
1: very possible after they've had some disappointing NCAA tournaments though in yeah. recent years uh okay so in the elite eight i have houston versus iowa state
0: on the uh in the midwest region is what i should have said okay i have indiana against xavier mm. i think uh i like xavier yeah, I, I like them. I think, uh, unfortunately, you, th- you know, whatever you think about Sean Miller, uh, <laughs> he's I think he's got it going on there. Yeah. And I definitely, I would say if I was filling out ten brackets, I probably have Texas going to the Final Four in six of those brackets. Yeah. I um I was looking at Texas profile on Kim Palm and they're one of those rare teams that is top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency which is just kind of insane system team and they are uh 90th in tempo so they can definitely push the ball and get a lot of possessions when they want to Mm -hmm. um and they're just uh really well balanced good uh balanced scoring with marcus carr tyrese hunter I, i really like texas
1: uh, Indiana's pretty Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like they can just beat anybody or lose to anybody. I feel like in the majority of brackets that I fill out, I've got I have uh, them losing to Miami.
0: Yeah, I don't re- I didn't really know what to do there with the top of the Midwest section because probably Houston if Sasser's healthy mm-hmm. just runs away with they, it. They Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the final four, but also Houston um, hasn't really really been able to get over the hump in the NCAA tournament. It's like true. wherever they're seated, they like fall one game short of actually like realizing their potential. Yeah. Uh but they've been a regular in the NCAA tournament recently.
1: Oh, I have to announce my mm. elite a teams in the west. Don't yeah. I? Yeah. What I, do you got there? I do
0: have Kansas losing to Gonzaga. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have either one of those teams in the Elite day. Good I, for you. I have uh, UConn, who uh, I really like. Um, they, at, earlier this year, they, they may be a team that kind of peaked at the wrong time. Yeah. They were like the best team in the country, yeah. uh, like, through December. Are they a system team? I, th- I think they're close. They are, they, honestly, this year, as far as, like, the offensive-defensive um, efficiency stats, there's not very many teams. Uh, Houston is one of them. They're 11th on offense, fourth on defense. But I feel like Houston has this weird factor playing in the American Conference, and I don't know. I, I don't. Houston has burned me a few times on like looking so incredible on the predictive metrics, yeah, and then just flaming out in the tournament. Yeah,
1: computers. So, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, UConn. They're there. Uh, sixth on offense, 18th on defense. Mm-hmm. So top 20 in both. Yeah, and think- they have a uh, a pretty fantastic big man yeah in uh what's his name alex oriaki yeah <laughs> i can't find him alex oriaki
1: yeah, yeah. i think yukon is um one of the best value teams in the field uh, to be completely honest and i have them actually winning the national championship in a couple of the brackets
0: i filled out i think they're just really really good and they could get hot and i love ucla um i think i think people would be picking gonzaga from like name recognition almost yeah Uh, a little too much maybe ucla will get the same treatment a little bit but um ucla under uh mick cronin they've they've got it going i mean 18 and 2 in the pac-12 not the best conference but they were blowing teams out when Mm -hmm. they were supposed to win they would crush teams defensively.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, they just lost their second leading scorer and probably some think the best defensive player in the country uh, to an Achilles injury, so he's just obviously not playing. What is
0: that uh, – do you remember his name? I don't off the top of my head, but it, I could probably tell you who uh, it is. Is it Clark? Yes. Jalen Clark? Yes. Yeah. So he – That's uh, a big loss. That is. He was one of the highest, like, steel guys um, in the country and still posted an offensive rating of 115. So he was very well balanced. So yeah, that could hurt them for sure. Um, So who do you have? Uh, Well, uh, take me back to the Midwest region real quick. Tell me, who are your Elite Eight teams there? Uh, Houston and Iowa State. Okay, so who, if you're not picking Iowa State there, who do you, do you like Texas?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Texas and Xavier would be a really fun matchup But yeah, I'd probably probably take Texas there most of the
0: time Okay, so my final four I have Alabama, Kentucky, Xavier, and UCLA Who do you got? So you had, what was that? What were the seeds for those four teams? Oh, one seed Alabama, six seed Kentucky, Mm. three seed Xavier, Two-seed UCLA. Okay. So, pretty balanced.
1: Only won one seed. Yeah. Uh, I have Arizona beating Alabama. Uh, okay. So, two-seed Arizona in the South. I have five-seed Duke beating Marquette. Uh, One-seed Houston beating Iowa State. And three-seed Gonzaga beating Kansas for the Final Four.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, one random thing that I saw recently for P- Purdue and Marquette. hmm I think it might have been Bart Torvik himself that tweeted this. but um, His human form. (laughs) Yes, Bart Torvik, not the computer, not .com. uh, He tweeted, I'm pretty sure it was him, that, okay, go with me here. There's never been a one or two seed that was not ranked in the preseason top 25 that has made the Final Four. Purdue and Marquette, both—they're one and two seed in the same region. Yeah, both were not in the preseason top twenty-five.
1: That's insane. I never would have guessed that about Purdue, especially.
0: Yeah, but I guess know,
1: I kind of remember that a little bit.
0: Maybe I do too, but I'm well, just completely going off of my a memory of this tweet since then and hoping it's correct.
1: Oh no, I don't think it's—I uh, don't think you're wrong with the tweet. I just—I'm—it's just crazy that. Purdue was was not expected to be good when they have this much talent returning.
0: So that random stat uh, would dictate that Purdue and Marquette okay. do not make the final four, but there's a first, there could be a first for everything. They could, play,
1: they could play each other too.
0: Yeah, but I'd really do, I uh, like Marquette's style of play, the under Shaka Smart. It's yeah. almost like he has, over his various stops, his various uh, coaching stints, he has kind of like figured out The perfect version of his system Mm -hmm. and i think this marquette team might be the best team he'll he could maybe ever have yeah like getting a two seed in the ncaa tournament crazy good
1: on offense for sure
0: uh what's your national championship game i have arizona beating gonzaga interesting interesting i have ucla beating alabama uh, will UCLA be able to overcome that injury? They could. I don't know. Still could. And uh, you're talking about like the strategies for the bracket groups and stuff. I mm-hmm. feel like, um, yeah, picking West Coast teams has a little bit of an advantage because our audience isn't going to be as familiar with them. I'm kind that's, of banking on that. That's possible. Um, I they are kinda, now. Yeah, I shot myself in the foot by picking Alabama because it probably. I mean they're the overall number 1 seed. Yeah. So,
1: but you know, this field still is doesn't is not as top heavy as as tournaments have been in the past. I still think that yeah, Alabama probably has the the best odds to win, but they're much much lower than any you know, there's no like 30% chance to win team out there or anything like that. So, it's it's pretty it's pretty open and there's honestly probably like 5 to 10 different teams that could win it and I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, just watching Alabama this year, from the perspective of a Mizzou fan, it does feel like how does their team un- lose to un-Body. anybody? Yeah, yeah. Brandon
1: Miller seems like the best player in the country, which
0: he might be. Producer Cameron, who you got? Who you like in the Final Four for your podcast bracket? <clears throat> I have Alabama, Kansas State, Houston, and Kansas. Okay, that's as far as they get. Well- <laughs> only the Final Four. <laughs> here we got a new villain this, this year. oh yeah um okay so then what's your national championship game
1: uh alabama beating houston
0: alabama beating houston i honestly if Sasser's healthy and plays i feel like this could be houston's year but like i said like when they're when they've been a number one seed they don't make the final four yep when they're five seed losing the second round like it's just
1: They did make the final four two years ago and got destroyed
0: by Baylor. Yeah. It always just feels like wherever, you know, whatever, wherever the hype is for Houston, they fall just short. Yep. This could be the year though. Could be. I do
1: have, um, a rematch of Alabama and Missouri and the
0: elite eight. Hmm. Okay. That'd be fun. Okay. Maybe not. We got to be rooting for Princeton. I think to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) I also uh to jump back up there to the South region, I kinda like NC State. I've got them winning two games in this bracket in particular. Mm. I'm kind of the opposite. I have I really
1: like Creighton. I think they're okay. pretty well yeah. balanced. And a, I think I've got them going to the Sweet Sixteen. I'm a former Missouri Valley homer, so Okay. You think Doug McDermott's gonna
0: be walking through that door? <laughs> Probably not. Um Are you picking Oral Roberts in any... I feel like they're going to be the most... Oh, yeah. They're going to be the trendiest upset. Man, they're so fun. Right? Probably. I mean,
1: but they're playing Duke, which is just like the ultimate brand name. Yeah, but people love Duke losing, right?
0: Mm,
1: I guess. Some people. But if they're like trying to win the picks, then they probably will pick Duke. Yeah, but most... I think people just like to... They pick what's fun. They want to... I think. Yeah.
0: Oral Roberts, uh, former... Arkansas Razorback Connor Vanover oh yeah plays he's, for Oral he's going to be
1: torching Duke
0: I Pro- want to see Vanover and uh, what's the other guy's name Max A. Smith yeah I want to yeah. see them just terrorize Duke they probably will I got to pick Oral Roberts in a few of my brackets oh yeah absolutely um, let's see anything else about this NCAA tournament you want to talk about how will it be officiated that was brought up in the Discord, uh, and not like the SEC. Okay,
1: Just let him let him play. That benefits Missouri,
0: I think, in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so.
0: I don't care how you officiate it, Missouri. Just be consistent. They're gonna Missouri is going to destroy Utah State in a turnover battle. Oh, I really cool. think so. Yeah. But now they're gonna destroy your hopes and dreams if you get too high on it, though. I well, you know, that's what this. That's what they do. That's what this time of year is for. You know, let me be pragmatic. Let me be pragmatic and like defensive and uh, (laughs) planning for the worst and hoping. You know, let me do all of that all season long. Okay. Let me try to break out of that for this football recruiting. Luther Burden. Exactly. Yeah, you were very guarded about
1: that. It's okay. It's okay. It worked out. You know,
0: sometimes you go all in, and it works. And you're happy. Okay? That's what I'm trying to do here. Okay. I support you fully. Um, Missouri Sports Pod 2023 Bracket Challenge. Join us. Dethrone Kyle.
1: On the ESPN.
0: ESPN yeah. Tournament, Tournament Challenge.
1: Tournament Challenge app. Don't. Southeast Missouri State lost by four. Mm. Mm. Damn. Made a game of it.
0: I thought they were really going to give... Uh, What's it? Alabama I run for their money <laughs> in the first round yeah uh anything else before we head out that's it uh we're undecided right now what we'll do uh recording wise we may hop in for something if Missouri wins we might just see it through the weekend and then recap we'll see but special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above Oh, and new Patreon supporter at the $10 level. Mm. I got to look up his Patreon name. Uh, I'll circle back around to that. Britt Brian Smith, Ryan DeMore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, and Brandon Hanks. Thank you. You, you want, want me to say my thing? Yeah, go for it.
1: Uh, thank you, guys. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at mizzou sports pod and you can email us at missouri sports pod at gmail.com you can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop missouri sports pod.bigcartel.com
0: matthew tilly he's been subscribed <laughs> <laughs> he's been subscribed for a while now hanging out with us in discord he said if missouri wins a ncaa tournament game he's gonna up his pledge to ten dollars oh, yeah. and You know, we were were all riding high after that Tennessee game, uh, and he just went ahead and did it. Pulled the trigger. Newest $10 supporter. Thanks, Matt. We love you. We love you. Uh, We love you all, and we will see you next week.